2: Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. We are streaming live down the internet from London. This show is dedicated to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. On tonight's program, we will continue to discuss the subject, the Spirit of Prophecy. We will be studying what the Bible teaches upon this topic. More about our subject after we've had some music.
1: This is my Father's world, and to my listening ears all nature sees. This is my father's work.
2: spirit of prophecy. Was Ellen White a true prophet? We will discuss this matter tonight with answers from the Bible and the historical records of personal testimonies. Have a pen and paper ready to write down some notes. Tonight we will be discussing these questions together. Who was Ellen White? When did Ellen White start her ministry? Did Ellen White's ministry pass the biblical tests for a true prophet? Have witnesses testified that Ellen White had the gift of the Spirit of prophecy? What other facts testify to Ellen White being a true prophet? Before we start our show this evening, let us have a word of prayer together, listeners. Heavenly Father, thank you for voicing the wilderness. Internet Radio streaming live down the internet from London. Lord, as we study this subject tonight, once again we ask the Holy Spirit to be with us and to teach us through your word is our prayer. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now write off who was Ellen White? To introduce our topic this evening, we will play an extract from a documentary series called Keepers of the Flame. This documentary series was written, produced and narrated by Dr. Alan Lindsay and published on DVD in the year 2005. Dr. Alan Lindsay comes from Australia where he lectured for 30 years at Avondale College. He also served as the director of the Ellen G. White SDA, that means Seventh day Adventist Research Centre for the South Pacific Division. He has been married to Deidre for more than 58 years, and together they have four children and ten grandchildren. Here is what Dr. Allen had to say about Ellen White.
4: West of the city of Portland, Maine, about a quarter-hour's drive by car, lies the village of Gorham. Just north of the village is Fort Hill. And it was here on November the 26th, 1827, that twin girls, Ellen and Elizabeth, were born to Robert and Eunice Harmon. The Harmons were devout Methodists with eight children to care for. Though their home no longer stands today, this marker indicates its approximate location. Later, the family moved to the seaside city of Portland, where Robert Harmon continued his hat making trade and young Ellen attended the Brackett Street School. But at the age of nine, her life was to take a dramatic turn at the hands of a jealous schoolgirl.
5: You're a cheat, Ellen. I'll get you! Ellen,
4: Ellen was carried to her home in Clark Street where it was soon discovered that her nose was broken and every feature of her face had changed. She lay in a coma for three weeks. On recovering a little, she soon discovered the difference her appearance made to the way others treated her. Ellen Harman made several attempts to resume her schooling, but the results of the accident made it almost impossible to study and retain what she learned. Her hand trembled so much, she could make no progress in writing, and with great reluctance she eventually gave up all attempts to gain a formal education. During this lonely and discouraging period, she spent many pleasant hours here in the woods of Deering Oaks Park. In March 1840, William Miller came to Portland and presented a series of lectures on the second coming of Christ at the church that once stood on this site in Casco Street. The Harmon family attended his meetings and Ellen later wrote of Miller,
1: He traced down the prophecies with an exactness that brought convictions and held the crowds as if spellbound. In June
4: 1842, Ellen Harmon and 11 others were baptized and received into the fellowship of the Methodist Church that once stood nearby this present Methodist Church in Chestnut Street. But her joyful Christian experience was interspersed with times of despondency. Nevertheless, Miller's second visit to Portland confirmed her confidence in the soon coming of Jesus, a confidence that she enthusiastically shared. However, the Harmon's acceptance of Miller's teachings did not meet with the approval of their church. Here is the record of the quarterly business meeting that was conducted in September 1843. The pastor arose and stated that Robert Harmon and his family, including Ellen Harmon, had entered an appeal from the decision of a committee by which they had been expelled from the church. It was unanimously voted to sustain the decision of the committee in his expulsion. Ellen Harmon often claimed that the year 1844 was the happiest of her life. Yet, with tens of thousands of others, the Harman family suffered bitter disappointment when Jesus did not come on October 22. By December 1844, most Advent believers had given up their confidence in the validity of October 22. Ellen Harman and her friends had accepted that the fulfilment of the 2,300-year prophecy must still be in the future. It was in that same month that Ellen received the first of some 2,000 visions and prophetic dreams that God would give her over the next 70 years. Early in 1846, Ellen Harmon had met Joseph Bates. Bates had just begun to keep the Seventh-day Sabbath and was enthusiastically sharing it with all who would listen. Yet Ellen wrote of him,
1: I find him to be a true Christian gentleman, courteous and kind, but I feel that he errs in dwelling upon the Fourth Commandment more than the other nine.
4: In August 1846, Bates published his 48-page tract, The Seventh-day Sabbath, A Perpetual Sign in which he outlined the Bible reasons for its observance. Father, we pray now that your spirit would abide with us as we study thy holy word. We ask that we might be drawn closer to truth and wisdom. On August 30, 1846, Amen. Ellen Harmon married a young Millerite preacher, James White. Not long after this, James and Ellen White studied Bates's tract. They compared its contents with scripture and began to observe the Seventh-day Sabbath and to teach it to others. At that time, there were about 50 Sabbath keepers in New England and in the state of New York. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy.
2: Listeners, on studying the record of Mrs. Ellen White's life, it must first be noted that Ellen White, as the prophet, did not falsely predict that Jesus would come back for his people on the 22nd of October, 1844. As Dr. Alan Lindsay records, as Ellen Harmon, before she was married to James White, she accepted that the fulfillment of the 2,300-year prophecy must still be in the future. Her ministry for the Lord, through the gift of prophecy, started after the great disappointment of the Advent movement In December, 1844. Now, when did Ellen White start her ministry? As we have just stated, Ellen White's ministry for the Lord, through the gift of prophecy, started after the great disappointment of the Advent movement. In December, 1844. Listeners, we will make it plain that the Bible predicted and confirms this fact. The Bible reads in the book of Revelation, chapter 14, and verses 9 to 12, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels, and in the presence of the lamb, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up for ever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints, here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. We read also in the book of Revelation chapter nineteen and verse ten. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Here the Bible explains that when the third angel's message is given to the world, then the saints who preach it, God's people, will be those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. The Bible explains that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. As we studied in previous radio broadcasts, the first and second angel's messages mentioned in Revelation chapter 14, they were first historically given in 1843 43, sorry, in 1844. The first angel's message announces the start of the investigative judgment in heaven. It points mankind to worship his creator, Jesus Christ, and to obey his commandments. Satan is seeking to undermine Jesus Christ, but the world needs to be reminded that Jesus Christ, the Word of God, was the Godhead's creative agent in the making of the universe. The second angel's message announces the fall of spiritual Babylon, the fall of those religious bodies that make up the unfaithful, professed Christian church. The third angel's message follows after them. Ellen White's first prophetic vision was given to her in December 1844. The Lord had given her the gift of prophecy exactly at the time when he said that his remnant church would, be, would have it. This would be when the third angel's message would be given after October the 22nd, 1844. And so right from the outset, we can see from the Bible that the start of Ellen White's ministry is in harmony with what the Bible predicted and teaches. Her ministry started in the year that the Lord had exactly predicted when the gift of prophecy would be a standout feature for his remnant church. This year would be 1844. And since 1844, in fulfillment of the prophecy of the third angel's message, and the still-fulfilling prophecy because it's not fully, completely fulfilled, the attention of the world has been called to the true Sabbath, sunset Friday to sunset Saturday, which Ellen White and her husband kept. And the constantly increasing number are returning to the observance of God's holy day today. Now, did Ellen White's ministry pass the biblical test for a true prophet? Listeners, let us now put Ellen G. White's ministry to the test. Does her ministry align with the biblical test for a prophet? First and foremost, who did Ellen White say was the author of the writings? She wrote in letter 92, 1900, The Holy Ghost is the author of the scriptures, and of the spirit of prophecy. These are not to be twisted and turned to mean what man may want them to mean, to carry out man's ideas and sentiments, to carry forward man's schemes at all hazards. Ellen White also wrote in Testimony to the Church, Volume 5, page 661 In ancient times, God spoke to men by the mouth of prophets and apostles. In these days, he speaks to them by the testimonies of his spirit there was never a time when god instructed his people more earnestly than he instructs them now concerning his will and the course that he would have them pursue now what does the bible teach we read in the book of second peter chapter 1 and verse 21 for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man but holy men of god spake as they were moved by the holy ghost The Bible teaches that the spirit of of prophecy comes from the Holy Ghost. Ellen White taught that her writings were authored by the Holy Ghost. Next, where did Ellen White state that we should first prove our positions of truth? She wrote in Letter 12, 1890, God's word is the unknowing standard. The testimonies are not to take the place of the word, Let all prove their positions from the Scriptures and substantiate every point they claim as truth from the revealed will of God. Ellen White also wrote in Manuscript 7, 1894, Our position and faith is in the Bible, and never do we want any soul to bring in the testimonies ahead of the Bible. Now what does the Bible teach? We read in the book of Isaiah, chapter 8 and verse 20, To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. We are to prove prophets by what is written in the law and the testimony. Ellen White did not put her writings ahead of the Bible, nor did she teach that her writings were to take the place of the Bible. Rather, she taught that her position and faith is in the Bible. Next, did a great light encircle Ellen White as it did upon the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. We read about the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts chapter 9 and verse 3. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. Ellen White wrote in Testimonies for the Church, volume 9, pages 65 to 66, the afternoon of March the 2nd, I spent in council with brother and sister S. N. Haskell, discussing the work in Oakland and their plans to go east to spend some time in South Lancaster. After our visit, I was weary and retired early. About half past nine, I attempted to turn myself, and as I did so, I became aware that my body was entirely free from pain. As I turned from side to side and moved my hands, I experienced an extraordinary freedom and lightness that I cannot describe. The room was filled with light, a most beautiful, soft, Asia light, and I seemed to be in the arms of heavenly beings. This peculiar light I have experienced in the past in times of special blessing, but this time it was more distinct, more impressive, and I felt such peace, peace so full and abundant, no words can express it. I raised myself into a sitting posture, and I saw that I was surrounded by a bright cloud, white as snow, the edges of which were tinged with a deep pink. The softest, sweetest music was filling the air, and I recognized the music as the singing of the angels. Then a voice spoke to me, saying, Fear not, I am your Saviour, holy angels are all about you. And so we see that as the Apostle Paul was surrounded with a light from heaven, from the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Saviour, so was Ellen White surrounded with light from heaven, from the Lord Jesus Christ, our Saviour, in her ministry for him. We will have a break for some music, and then we will continue with our study.
6: Send I you to labor unrewarded To serve unpaid, unloved, unsought, unknown To bear rebuke, to suffer scorn and scoff So send I you to toil for me alone So send I you to loneliness and longing With heart a-hungering for the loved and known Saking home and a kindred friend and a dear one so send I you to know my love alone so send I you to hearts made hard by hatred, two eyes made blind because they will not see. To spend, though it be blood, to spend and spend not. So send I you. Of Calvary, as the Father had to say.
2: Let us continue our study to see if Ellen White passes the biblical tests for a true prophet. We read in the book of Matthew chapter 7 and verses 15 and 19 to 20. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, for inwardly they are ravening wolves. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Jesus taught us to beware of false prophets. He made it clear to us that by their fruits we shall know them. A true prophet will bear good fruit. Ellen White wrote in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 5, page 671, Let the testimonies be judged by their fruits. What is the spirit of their teaching? What has been the result of their influence? All who desire to do so can acquaint themselves with the fruits of these visions. For 17 years, God has seemed fit to let them survive and strengthen against the opposition of Satan's forces and the influence of human agencies that have aided Satan in his work. God is either teaching his church, reproving their wrongs and strengthening their faith, or he is not. This work is of God or it is not. God does nothing in partnership with Satan. My work bears the stamp of God or the stamp of the enemy. There is no halfway work in the matter. The testimonies are of the spirit of God or of the devil. So listeners, Ellen White challenged people to judge the testimonies, the writings that she was inspired to write for the Lord by their fruits. God has seen fit to let them survive and strengthen against the opposition of Satan's forces from the time that Ellen White first wrote the testimonies for the church until today. Next, was Ellen White taken to other places whilst in vision like Ezekiel, the prophet of God? We read in the book of Ezekiel chapter 8 and verse 3, And he put forth the form of an hand, and took me by a lock of mine head. And the Spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven, and brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the inner gate that looketh toward the north, where was the seat of the image of jealousy, which provoketh to jealousy. Ellen White wrote in Testimonies to the Church, Volume 5, page 68, While visiting Herdsburg last week at winter, I was much in prayer and burdened with anxiety and grief. But the Lord swept back the darkness at one time while I was in prayer and a great light filled the room. An angel of God was by my side and I seemed to be in Battle Creek. I was in your councils. I heard words uttered. I saw and heard things that, if God willed, I wish could be forever blotted from my memory. My soul was so wounded, I knew not what to do or what to say. Some things I cannot mention. I was bidden to let no one know in regard to this, for much was yet to be developed. Thus, we have the written testimony that, just like the prophet Ezekiel, Ellen White was taken to other places in vision and shown matters that concerned the welfare of God's church. Moving on. Did Ellen White settle doctrinal questions like the biblical apostolic prophets of God? Ellen White wrote in Testimonies to the Church, Volume 1, page 76. In the autumn of 1846, we began to observe the Bible Sabbath and to teach and defend it. My attention was first called to the Sabbath while I was on a visit to New Bedford, Massachusetts, earlier in the same year. I there became acquainted with Elder Joseph Bates who had early embraced the Advent faith and was an active laborer in the cause. Elder B was keeping the Sabbath and urged its importance. I did not feel its importance and thought that Elder B erred in dwelling upon the fourth commandment more than upon the other nine. But the Lord gave me a view of the heavenly sanctuary. The temple of God was opened in heaven and I was shown the ark of God covered with the mercy seat. Two angels stood, one at each end of the ark, with their wings spread over the mercy seat, and their faces turned toward it. My accompanying angel informed me that these represented all the heavenly hosts looking with reverential awe toward the holy law which had been written by the finger of God. Jesus raised the cover of the ark and I beheld the tables of stone on which the Ten Commandments were written. I was amazed as I saw the fourth commandment in the very center of the ten precepts, with a soft halo of light encircling it. Said the angel, It is the only one of the ten which defines the living God who created the heavens and the earth and all things that are therein. When the foundations of the earth were laid, Then was laid the foundation of the Sabbath also. We read the book of Acts chapter 15 and verses 1 and 28 to 29. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. For it seemeth good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. That ye abstain from meats offered to idols, and from blood, and from things strangled, and from fornication, from which, if ye keep yourselves, ye shall do well. Fear ye well. Ellen White, as well as the apostles, settled doctrinal questions through their ministry for God. She settled the question that the Bible Sabbath from sunset Friday to sunset Saturday shall be kept by Christians. She was taken into vision by the Holy Ghost and shown the law of God in the sanctuary in heaven where the original Ten Commandments are kept. Now have witnesses testified that Ellen White had the gift of the spirit of prophecy? Church leaders who were contemporaries with Ellen White have testified about the spirit of prophecy as given through her writings. George I. Butler the president of the General Conference Church in 1874, he wrote on June the 9th, 1874, We have tested them as a people for nearly a quarter of a century, and we find we prosper spiritually when we heed them and suffer a great loss when we neglect them. We have found their guidance to be our safety. They have never led us into fanaticism in a single instance but they have ever rebuked fanatical and unreasonable men. They everywhere direct us to the Scriptures as the great source of true instruction and to the example of Jesus Christ as a true pattern. They never claim to be given to take the place of the Bible, but simply to be a manifestation of one of those spiritual gifts set in the church by its divine Lord, and as such should have their proper weight. For more information, see Biographical Books of E.G. White, Volume 2, Pay Forge 2.5. We will now listen to a testimony given by the late HMS Richards, well known Seventh-day adventist evangelist and author, famous for founding the Voice of Prophecy radio ministry, who explains what he experienced at a public religious meeting where Ellen White was speaking and praying.
7: Yes, I knew Sister White in this way. I heard her preach once and saw her, of course. It was in Boulder, Colorado, at the camp meeting in 1909 in a building with an iron roof right at the base of the Red Rocks there. It's on the campus of the University of Colorado. And uh, she was there, I suppose, there were 200 Adventists and maybe uh, the rest of a 1,000 people or 800 people were just the people of the town people of various denominations and wanted to see the Adventist prophet I can remember when she came on the grounds in a surrey drawn by two horses and Willie White her son was with her and Miss McInturfer her companion and nurse and the meeting that night she preached to us I was sitting at her left hand about all oh, 15 feet from her could see her plainly of course right there platform was about a foot foot and a half high and she had this big thick Bible she was preaching faithfully giving God's message and uh, I, I was interested it was interesting she was just a dear sweet Christian mother or grandmother telling us what we ought to do just as she started to talk to finish off it started to rain on that iron roof and you can imagine now remember no amplifiers in those days except you carried your amplifier with you and she's had a regular preaching voice and you know from this this conversational tone or voice that she'd been using she went into her real preaching voice and you could hear her voice just like a silver bell right through all of that confusion caused by that rain she could talk right through the rain noise and then she talked just about a minute and then she kneeled down to pray. She told her son, I must pray for us. And she came over on my side of the platform and kneeled down to pray. I can hear her now, she said not our Father, but oh my Father. And from that moment on it was a personal communion between her and the Heavenly Father. In just a minute or two there seemed to be a mighty power come over that meeting. And I felt it. I was just just a boy and I was a member of the church. I'd been baptized about a year and a half before. And I could feel that power until finally I, I was afraid to look up for fear. I'd see God standing out right there by She was talking with him. She'd forgotten all about us. And she was in the presence of the Lord. And a minute or two more went by, and that whole crowd, you could hear them weeping, crying over their sin. A tremendous revival, really. Spiritual revival, that mighty power of God. When she preached, God blessed her as a preacher. But when she began to pray, he honored her as his prophet before the people. I'll never forget it.
2: Did you hear that, listeners? HMS Richards has testified that God himself honored Sister White with his presence and power while she was praying. And his power was so great that he caused people to weep and wail over their sins. Now, moving on this evening, after such a powerful testimony, what other facts testify to Ellen White being a true prophet? We will let the late Pastor Kenneth Cox share some other important facts which testify that Ellen White was a true prophet of God.
3: At the age of 12, she gave her heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and was baptized in a Methodist church. From that point on, she tried to walk as close to the Lord as she understood how. At the age of 17, her and some other young ladies were praying. And as they were praying, she received a vision. In that vision, she saw some people walk in a very narrow path. She noticed that the light shone on that path. And she noticed that as long as they walked in the path, in the light, they had no trouble seeing the path. But if they stopped, the light continued on and they were left in darkness. And some of them stumbled and fell off the path. Now, you and I don't have any trouble understanding that because the Scripture tells us that God's Word is a light unto our path. Okay. And that's the way it is. If you walk in the light as you understand it, you'll have no trouble. If you refuse to walk in light as the Holy Spirit reveals it to you, you're going to have trouble. You're going to be left in darkness. When she came out of that, she explained what she had seen to her friends from that time on, she had numbers of visions. Sometimes when she was in vision, she had extraordinary strength. Once when she was in vision, she held that large family Bible at arm's length for over a half hour as she told about the texts that were being shown her in vision. I've held that Bible in my hand. I can't hold it out in arm's length for five minutes let alone a half hour. Sometimes when she was in vision, she didn't breathe for as much as 30 and 40 minutes. They put a candle right to her mouth as she spoke and the flame would not even flicker. They put mirrors there and there would be absolutely no breath that would form there on the mirror. There was no breath there at all. Many times, as God showed her things that were to happen or to take place, she told about them. In the course of her life, she wrote some 55 different books. I have read those books. I can tell you right now, I don't find them to be out of harmony with this book. I find them to be in harmony with it. I can't ask you to believe them. All I can ask you to do is to read it. And if you'll read some of those books, I think you'll be clearly convinced that she was led by God in a special way. For instance, she's written books on the Bible. One of my favorite is Desire of Ages on the Life of Christ. And by the way, I would like to recommend something to you. When you read her writings, you'll be much better off to read books that she wrote from cover to cover. You'll find the counsel is beautiful and clear as you read it, where she wrote it from cover to cover. She wrote books on health. She wrote books on education. In fact, there is a whole educational system today that exists based on what she wrote. In fact, there's a college right over here of medicine that was established based on what she wrote. There's another college right over here in La Sierra that was established based on what she wrote. There are schools all around the world that were established, the principles of education based on what a woman with a third grade education wrote. Not only did she write books on education, But she wrote books on health. And today, there are hospitals, clinics, medicine, schools of medicine, all established based on what she wrote about medicine. She will tell you time and time again, I recommend to you the word of God. But dear friend, I can tell you also, God hasn't run off and left us. He's given us all kinds of counsel, all the counsel that we need to make it into the kingdom of heaven. All you and I need to do is to sit down, begin to read and study God's word, have a relationship with Jesus Christ, friend. I can tell you when I pick up up books like Desire of Ages, Steps to Christ, and I read those books the same gentle, loving spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ that I find in this book just comes through those books and invades my soul, I can't recommend them to you too highly. If you haven't read them, dear friend, get one. Open it up and read it. See what it does for your Christian experience as you read about it. You'll find that it'll just simply open your eyes And you'll see things like you've never seen before.
2: Listeners, we ask you this evening, what prophet do you know that has a history of writing 55 books, a whole educational system existing based upon what they wrote, and has colleges of medicine, hospitals, clinics, schools, and churches and mission projects around the world operating all based upon what they wrote? There are too many other facts and good fruits borne by Ellen White's ministry that have come into this world to go through on one radio broadcast. It is down to every radio listener to study the evidence for themselves and to decide whether they want to believe or not that Ellen White was a true prophet of God. Looking at the evidence for myself And knowing the power of the Holy Spirit revealed in my own personal life through her writings and the clarity that her inspired writings have brought to my own understanding of the Bible, I am 100% certain that Ellen White was a true prophet of God. As a ministry, we can testify that Voice in the Wilderness was founded and exists because of the guidance given to us by the Lord in the Bible and the writings given by the Lord through Ellen G. White. We have found no contradiction in what she has written and what she was inspired to write for the benefit of God's church to the Holy Scriptures of God. We will have another break for some music and come back with some closing thoughts. The shining
5: jewel of the ancient world Babylon worshiped gods of stone. Power and pride were evil twins that ruled her heart and throne. She was likened to a harlot, fornication was in the wine that filled the cup from which she drank sins of every kind. The golden head of Daniel's vision would topple given time. As would nations, kings and merchants intoxicated by Hawaii. Prophets try to warn her Heed the writing on the wall Turn from her wicked ways Before the day The wrath of God would fall oppressor. her God's people, Babylon so powerful and strong, she thought she was invincible, but God was glory shall descend with a shout proclaim Babylon the great is fallen she will die in sin and shame another voice from heaven Will be heard across the earth to give a warning loud and clear to those who claim to be God's church. Takers of her sin For I'm coming back For a glorious church Undefiled and pure within To him who worships me In spirit and truth And is faithful to the end I will say crown of life You've won won. won. Come sit down Thankful.
2: Tonight, we have had another extensive study upon the spirit of prophecy. We have given evidence from the Bible, from Ellen White's own personal testimonies, and from other witness statements, which we believe proves that Mrs. Ellen G. White was a true prophet of God. In my own experience, Those who reject Ellen White's writings as being inspired by God and as being credible are those who do not want to live by the revealed will of God. There is some sin in their lives that they cherish that they do not want to give up. Let us be willing to live up to all the light that Jesus has sent to us through the spirit of prophecy. Let us be willing to gain total victory over sin, not in our own way, but in the way that God appoints. Through the gift of prophecy given to us through Ellen G. White's writings, Jesus gives his testimony to us and reveals his love towards us and lets us know how he wants his remnant church to live upon this earth. The Lord expects us to rely upon his power and to be obedient to his word. Then we can be ready to meet him in peace at his second coming, when this wicked world and all within it who offend and rebel against God will be destroyed. Listeners, let us pray to close. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for Voicing the Wilderness Internet Radio. I pray, Lord, that everyone who has listened to this show this evening, that they would study the evidence for themselves. From your word, from the testimony of the spirit of prophecy, through the writings of Ellen G. White, and from the testimony of the witnesses who had personally experienced and seen Ellen G. White living as a prophet of God. Lord, you've said that by their fruit shall we know them, and I pray that we will test and prove whether the writings of Ellen G. White truly are of God. When I say we, I say those really who still are having any doubts in their minds about what has been written. Lord, your word clearly states that your remnant church keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. So you yourself has made it known to us that the spirit of prophecy is an identifying mark, an outstanding feature of your remnant church. I pray, Lord, that we would all seek to value more these writings that you've given to us, not just in study, but, Lord, by practically living by your commandments, given through these writings, which are in harmony with your word, so that we can be ready for you at your second coming. So bless us and keep us this evening, Lord. And I ask these things humbly in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Listeners, if you have any questions or if you would like more information, please send an email to inquiries at or You can send a text message to 7944 seven nine four four zero six two seven eight six. If you live in the United Kingdom, please contact us with your name and address, and we will send you a tract called Spiritual Gifts. If you have the Android app for Voice in the Wilderness internet radio, go to the e section then find the title Bible Readings for the Home. At chapter 38, you will find the subject Spiritual Gifts. This section will give you more information about today's topic. You can also listen to and download our radio show podcasts at https://voice-in-the-wilderness.podcastpage.io/. Forward forward if you would like to support Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio, then please send your donations through our website at vitwradio.org. Click on the page called About Us. You can donate to us there. On next week's show, we will have our last study on the subject, the spirit of prophecy. Well, that's it for tonight's show. Until next week, good night and God bless.
0: Voice in the wilderness, internet radio. Enlightening the world, every week.
2: It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here.
0: Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live down the internet.
2: This congregation may never be gathered
3: together again as we
0: see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week.